0: Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vredenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 47, and the topic for today is teamwork. Now, before we get into that topic, let me also apologize to... All of the regular listeners of this series, you all know that I have been trying to keep a regular cadence of delivery of these episodes to you, because I know you really do appreciate that. But the last little while has been really tough in uh, getting these out. Uh, Things have been extremely busy at work, and so I wasn't actually able to find the time to record this session. But I'm glad that I'm bringing you this one today, and we'll venture to again get back into a regular uh, cycle. This session was suggested by a question submitted by a listener from Europe. Her name is Virginia, and she used to be a professional athlete doing a non-team sport at the Olympic level, and she's now retired, and she's working in a teamwork environment. So she writes, how can I perform the best when working and collaborating in my team at work? I used to train in a very hierarchical environment. If I act like that in my job now, everybody dislikes that, so I cannot do that now. How can I find my place back in the group? I know from myself that I have to be more open to other people and share more, but I sometimes find it hard to do that. Can you tell me more about working in a group or team and how I get 1 plus 1 equals 3? So, Virginia, thanks so much for that question. And I've prepared, as I usually do, a few quotes to get us started first with regard to this particular topic. The first quote is from Isaac Newton, who says, If I have seen further than others, it is by standing upon the shoulders of giants. Margaret Carty says, The nice thing about teamwork is that you always have others on your side. Babe Ruth said, The way a team plays as a whole determines its success. You may have the greatest bunch of individual stars in the world, but if they don't play together, the club won't be worth a dime. Marvin Weisbord says, Teamwork is the quintessential contradiction of a society grounded in individual achievement. Michael Jordan said, Talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. Paul McCartney said, I love to hear a choir. I love the humanity, to see the faces of real people devoting themselves to a piece of music. I like the teamwork. It makes me feel optimistic about the human race when I see them cooperating like that. Katzenbach and Smith said, Teamwork represents a set of values that encourage behaviors such as listening, And constructively responding to the points of view expressed by others giving others the benefit of the doubt providing support to those who need it and recognizing the interests and achievements of others so some ideas to get us thinking about this overall very important topic of teamwork let's start down the top 10 list of ideas to consider in improving the way that you approach this topic of teamwork number one is to think about the teams that you're a part of. And don't just think about teams that happen to have the name of team. It's really a group of people that have to somehow work together. Probably consider your family or collections of people within your family to be a team. Probably have one or more teams at work that you work with. At school, you likely have teams. And also, obviously, in sports, where it's probably most clear and most thought is given to the ways in which sports teams work together. But a lot of the time we don't think about how other teams that really are teams need to work together as well. Number two is how well are those teams working? Think about it. Think about the most important teams that you're on. If you're thinking about the teams you're on at work, for example, and what's your role in those teams? In some of the teams, you may be the leader. In other ones, you may be a participant and your role may actually change as well on some of these teams over time as well. Number three is every team is different and your role in it will be different too. And what you need to do to really understand how to start to improve the ways in which teams work and your involvement in it is for each of those teams to learn the culture. What's the fundamental culture of the team? You can't have the same approach to every team. Think about the relationships within those teams as well. Teams, by very definition, are made up of individuals, and those individuals and understanding those individuals and the relationships among them is key to approach any improvement. So we can't come across here and say, well, here's a list of things that you should do to improve your team. It all depends on the unique relationships among the people on those teams. So think of one of those teams right now. Think through sort of the overall culture of the team, the level of collaboration, the level of cooperation, the level of individualism, the amount of feeling like a team and wanting to do things, you know, as a team. Are there particular relationships among key players within that team that are sensitive, people that don't get along all that well, that cause friction? Are there others that tend to always drive to a solution for the benefit of the team and are collaborators? So first of all, understand As I usually say, when we start any topic, think of the various attributes, the various factors that determine the effectiveness of each of those teams and assess how those factors are at play currently in the success of the running of those teams. Number four is think about what others on the team want. A lot of time people don't think of that. A lot of people think about what they want on the team. And if everybody thinks only that, then you're not going to drive a real improvement. So think about what the others on the team want and then go about thinking about what would make a win-win involving them. What is it that whatever the activity is that they want, say it's a, a sports team, maybe an individual on the team that wants to become a professional in that sport, let's say. Let's say you're not necessarily going down that path, but this particular person just is so focused on that. And a lot of the time, that can work to the detriment of the rest of the team. If you think about what would enhance their goal of being a star, basically, and you also recognize, you know, they are sort of the best person on the team. Some people will push for, well, teamwork should necessarily mean that they have to take equal sort of responsibility and need, to, uh, need not to be given any special treatment, for example. But some recognition of realizing that, they may have something special to offer and that the team can be more effective if you effectively use that person some of the time, even if you're not being equal among the whole team. That's something important to factor in. And that person, if they also believe that they're getting what they wanted out of this whole exercise in terms of their own, meeting their own goals, they realize that there's huge benefit in it for them as well. So if you can fashion together an approach that serves the individual desires and needs of the team members, as well as the overall team and its overall objectives, then you're starting to pull together an overall plan that will make the overall team highly successful. If, on the other hand, everybody on the team just tries to optimize for themselves, of course you have nothing in terms of an overall team approach. And also, if everybody's expected to only ever contribute to the team and never recognize that they themselves have individual goals, that doesn't work either. So recognize that there are individuals on the team that have their own interests, that they have their own biases, that have their own personal goals, and also recognize that the team has collective aspirations and goals, making an environment that optimizes each of those, both the individual and the team goals, a real win-win is really the objective here. Number five is establish relationships. Get to know each other, go out to lunch together, find each other on Facebook, whatever might make sense. A lot of the time when people get together on teams, especially work teams, there's an assumption that, well, you know, you just need to uh, work with this person. You don't have to actually get to know them or like them or know anything about them because how's that relevant to the work situation? well, we're all complex human beings and appreciate when others have some interest in what we're all about, what we're all about as individuals, as as uh, other aspects of our lives in terms of the other roles that we play. And we also, I think, benefit from knowing other people more deeply as well, knowing what the other members on the team's you know lives are like outside of work for example is is pretty key is to also understand that during certain times they may be under particular stress or that there are other things that they really see as valuable and there may be times too when having that kind of information makes the running of the team more effective because you can factor in the fact that a particular person has a specific uh, aspect of their non-work life or non-team life that impacts in some way on the team activity as well. So can't stress enough that when you're working with team members, that you just don't see them as team members, but see them as individuals, see them as complex human beings and get to understand, get to learn more about them. And, you know, the other thing about all of that is that it makes the actual exercise of doing anything that you do as a team much more enjoyable. We all, as human beings, enjoy the company of others. And we like to be acknowledged by others. We like to know and get to know others. So it's a really important part of overall teamwork, regardless of what type of team you're talking about. Now, as I always say when I suggest things like this, you can do some of this to the extreme and then it's not effective. You don't want to pry into people's personal lives if they really don't want to... Be open about that. Uh, there may be particular problems that they're having that they don't want to share with the rest of the team. So you have to be understanding of those kinds of factors. But in general, my experience suggests that people don't get to know others as well as they should, so they have some idea of what the other members on the team are like, what their lives are like, and also, quite frankly, enjoy the exercise of spending. At work, for example, we, we spend lots of time together in these work teams Enjoy them more so that you're not only dealing with the actual substance of whatever you do for your work, but you also enjoy the human aspects of it as well and the humans that are involved in it. Number six, related to that, is start each team meeting on a lighter note. You know, honestly find out what's going on in each of the members' lives or what one particular member may have that's really exciting that they're uh, working on. Now, you don't have to go all the way around the table and eat with each person, but just as people are gathering for the meeting, whether it's an in-person meeting, whether it's, say, a meeting that you're having via a conference call or a video call, you know, just start off more lightly in finding out what's going on in everybody's lives. It makes it more of a human exercise. And, of course, also offer and make known what is going on, you know, in your life as well. So it needn't necessarily be that somebody always has to ask. You can say, hey, look, you know, wanted to tell you all about something or other that, uh, that just happened that uh, I thought was really interesting. Number seven is determine when individual contributions are called for and when only the team counts. This is another classic, I think, mistake in the ways in which teams often work. There's an assumption that Everything that needs to be done needs to be done for the benefit of the team. Or conversely, a lot of people are of the view that individual contribution is really what it is all about. And in actual fact, both are entirely accurate and are entirely appropriate given certain circumstances. So we have certain situations where empowerment is really the key, that the type of work setting you're in, and the type of work that needs to be done really requires a loosely gelled team, a loosely organized team, in the sense that each member goes off and does its his or her own activity and contributes it back to the team, and then you get back together as a, as a team. But there may be days, there may be weeks of effort that gets expended and progress made that doesn't require really, really strong Team work, team collaboration. There are other times and other types of work environments and tasks that need to be done that require complete teamwork, the whole team working all at once. Now, the situation is probably the most variable in situations like work teams as well as uh, teams at university, that kind of thing. Uh, sports teams uh, almost always have to, you know, work together as a team. You can have individuals on that team you know, take the lead in a number of cases and and provide leadership. And in addition to coaches, also having others, you know, direct the efforts of the team. And we've talked about leadership topics in the past as well with regard to that, emergent leaders versus formal ones and the like. But the environment that's probably the most variable with regard to individual contributions and the need to be empowered as a team member versus working all together as a team all at all at the same time are these work teams. And that's where I think a lot of people make inappropriate assumptions. They necessarily don't consider what type of teamwork is required for the particular type of work that's going to be Done. I've had situations at work where the environment works best because I've got a fairly senior and experienced team, uh, or at least one of the, the teams is uh, very much so, that I can by and large let the team work in an empowered way and only get together and sort of tell each other about what they're doing and provide feedback and insight from the others on on the team with regard to each individual's contributions to the team and the team effort. But even that team at times needs to pull together as a single team doing, doing a single activity. We just had one of those uh, recently where a piece of work that needed to be done that wouldn't necessarily have been the responsibility the type of activity that it involved that is that each of the members of the team would have done, but it was one of the cases where we just all needed to pull together. We need a significant amount of work done over the course of about two or three days. So we just uh, divvied up all that work equally across a number of people, regardless of their seniority level and the type of uh, expertise that they have, and just needed to get this uh, piece of work done. And everybody pulled through, and they collaborated collaborated well, they coordinated well. Uh, in fact, it's quite beautiful to see the kind of orchestration that a talented team of professionals can pull off when they need to. And that type of work required a fully coordinated single-team effort that required every team member to contribute equally to the team results in that case we had a very successful result of that effort but it usually is the case with my teams that they work more more empowered but the point I think I want to make is that it isn't the case that all activities need to be done in the same way and that teams need to work in the exact same way for every activity that is being done I think you really need to as a leader or as a team member think about what type of team work, what type of team approach really is appropriate given particular uh, types of uh, work. Number eight is reinforce each team member for their accomplishments as well as for the overall team. This is either, you know, informal thank yous, which you should do on a regular basis anyway, as we've talked about before on this podcast series, to acknowledge significant contributions that were made and also then to celebrate Those accomplishments as well by calling them out, expressing appreciation, and even at times formal awards and recognition as well. And that's also a tricky thing to do, as one of the quotes talked about, because work done by or accomplishments made by the team are really a combination of individual contributions, as we've talked about throughout this uh, episode, as well as when the whole team comes together. They really need to weigh what type of recognition is most appropriate it may well be here's an overall team award and thanks so much for all the contributions that every single member contributed to the overall effort but here's also two additional individual awards of recognition for the absolute outstanding contribution over and above the overall teamwork contributed by one or two members of the team Don't think too lightly about those decisions because they end up being rather important even in terms of the degree to which you have a team that really gels together as a team to make sure you balance the individual recognition with the team recognition and know that when you are, for example, providing individual recognition, that it really is warranted that the one or two people that you're recognizing separately are so clearly over and above the rest of the team's contributions that everybody else in the team would agree with that. And if that isn't the case, then just really recognize the entire team as a team. Number nine is sometimes a team pulls together best when there's an external threat or an urgent focus. Often when there's some real adversity, when there's some real external threat from outside of the team, team morale increases, team collaboration, cooperation heightens. And that's often a really good thing. And there are natural events that happen. That will cause that behavior. So partly I'm saying recognize that uh, when the team really pulls together and there's some significant difference in the way that the team is working together as a team, recognize that some of the time that just comes from an external threat. In the sports environment, you know, it's one where they're the underdog. They've got to, you know, pull together to win this last game. In a work environment, it can be that a competitor is encroaching on this team's product, and the whole team pulls together to make sure that they make their product, this next version of the product, so much better than the other uh, than the other uh, companies' uh, products. It can also be within side a an organization. Where uh, in a university setting or even a, a work environment in a company where there may be individual competition, whether it's another work group within the class or whether it's another team within the company where there's an external threat or there's some level of competition between teams, that also fosters significant focus within the team to do even better. And as a leader or as a member of a team, uh, there may be times when you want to even encourage you know, that level of competitiveness or that level of dealing with an external threat because it does tend to significantly enhance overall teamwork. Number 10 is reflect on the great feeling that comes from a group of people working well together toward a goal like Paul McCartney's quote earlier was saying really is a phenomenal experience. If you're really working with a team that absolutely delivers exactly the way that the team was supposed to, all the individual members of that team feel really, really good. And you know, there are individual times or there's times when you as an individual feel really really good about what you yourself have accomplished, but there's also times when it feels so good to be working together with a bunch of others on a team and then deliver on a goal. And recognize the value that that provides you. Recognize how it makes you feel and try hard to accomplish that feeling or repeat that feeling on teams doing the things that I've talked about in this session. So that's the top 10 list for enhancing and optimizing teams and teamwork that you may be engaged in. Let me just switch just quickly before finishing up and go through a bit of the feedback. And again, I really appreciate the feedback I get from all of you on a regular basis now. But uh, some feedback from E2 from Finland who writes, I like your podcasts and find them real helpful. I have listened to only a few episodes of your podcast and they are great. Thanks. Matt from Canada writes, Hi Carl, thanks for your time in preparing and delivering the Life Habits podcast. They are a great resource and a useful anchor in life when it can become somewhat stormy at times. Great to hear you value feedback, but I wouldn't recommend changing anything. I like the speed and tone of your voice. It is calming. You've created a great series, so you yourself are aware of what works. If you please all, and you'll please none. In the US iTunes store at a comment from OK to be one, a five star rating, and with the title of Life Learning. Since finding Carl Vradenberg's podcast, Life Habits Mentoring, I have listened to everyone and others again. Thank you, Carl, for taking the time to create this podcast and sharing your insights to living life one day at a time and giving it to the best of your ability. Carl's words are an inspiration, and I look forward to each episode. I like Carl's style and voice. I think his podcasts are the best out there. And finally, one more comment in the US iTunes store by Rachel. Five stars with the title of Fantastic. I just found this podcast this week, and have already listened to three episodes. I love the list of 10 format It is a great memory tool for me to really be able to reflect on the material after I have listened. I love the soothing voice and the clear and precise hints and tips and discussion of the topic. Thank you for your work. But thank you, all of you, for listening to this podcast series, to telling your friends about it, which you obviously are doing because the number of people who are listening to this increases all the time and the feedback on it in the various places increases as well, which you can do by going into iTunes and providing a rating and a comment or review, I think they call it. You can also go to lifehabits.net and provide a comment on a particular individual episode and you can also give more general feedback there as well. And of course, you can always write to me at lifehabits at gmail.com with any other feedback you may have, as well as any ideas you may have for particular topics. I'm still maintaining the list of topics that you can see on lifehabits.net as well and have recently been coming up with topics directly from the suggestions made by a number of you. In this case, Virginia. And Virginia, I hope this Episode covered the topics that you had requested. And again, it reinforces that if you'd like to get a topic on the list and get it dealt with more quickly, the best way to do that is to send me an email. In certain cases, I do have the list of the topics and I have a particular topic, but I'm still trying to close on a guest speaker with regard to a particular uh, topic. So even if you've sent me an email and suggested a topic, uh, it may take a little while still to get to some of those, but I try very hard to be responsive to whatever suggestions you may have to try to get those up on the podcast series as quickly as I possibly can. So again, I'm going to be working on trying to deliver a regular delivery typically in the every one, two, three weeks time frame, trying to be more quick and having them out more quickly. But at times, uh, life does get busy and you need to uh, deal with other things in life as well. So I am really appreciative of the contributions and the feedback I get from this. Thanks ever so much for listening to this episode as well. And we'll talk to you all next time. Bye for now.